Welcome to Transforming Lives with Michael Carter, pastor of The Life Church. The Life Church is a place where you'll enjoy interactive dynamic worship, prayer, and a very practical, down-to-earth yet spiritual message. Our service times are Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night reboot at 6.45 p.m. Visit us at mychurchlife.org or on Facebook. Just search My Church Life and look for The Life Church. Now, let's join Pastor Mike. Speak to it. Speak to it. Talking about the power of your words. So if you have your Bible or you have a way to get to Scripture this morning, go to Acts chapter 10. We'll get there in a bit. Uh, but I just want to kind of give that to you as a heads up. That's where our base scripture will be for this morning. And I just kind of want to encourage you a little bit today. I want to talk to you. We've been talking about the power of your words, how, how powerful your words are. Last week, we talked about speaking to obstacles. And we talked about how Jesus spoke to the storm and how you can speak to obstacles in your life. This week, I want to talk to you a little bit about healing. Speak to your sickness. And I, sh and I actually am starting off the wrong way. I shouldn't say speak to your sickness. Speak to the sickness uh, that has come upon you. Amen. The enemy is brought upon you or your body is brought upon you or winter time is brought upon you, whatever it may be. I just want to talk a little bit about that. I absolutely believe 100% from my 54 years on this earth and how many ever of those years reading the Bible and being a Christian and following the Lord, that healing is absolutely a part of the atonement. Now, I realize that when we talk about anything other than salvation, when we talk about finances, for example, um, when we talk about uh, healing or something else, it, it seems to be a little different than salvation. We accept salvation absolutely, 100%. No questions asked. Jesus died on the cross for the remission of our sins. And I think part of that is because we know, as Al said, uh, his testimony, uh, really, we, uh, many of us have similar testimonies in that we know how much we've messed up sometimes in life. We know how we've been disobedient or we said those things we shouldn't say or did those things we shouldn't do. I mean, none of us wants uh, our life to be put up on the big screen here so everyone can see everything unless we get to vet it first, right? If I can vet it first, I'll show you all the good stuff. But uh, so we understand that. So salvation, we welcome it. But if you read the scriptures that talk about salvation in Isaiah, maybe let's talk about that. Uh, what does he say? He, he talks about how he died on the cross for your transgressions. But in the same sentence, it says the chastisement of his peace was upon him. That means he died for your peace. And also by his stripes, you are healed. It's all in the same sentence. So if I look at it that way, I would say that salvation, peace, and healing are all on the same line. It, there's, there's not one that's, it's part of the same atonement. Christ died uh, for our sins. He died so that we would have peace. And he died so that we could be healed. I believe that. And so we're going to talk about that just for a few moments. But before we get into that part of the message, can I just give you some, some of you some fatherly advice. Others maybe some brotherly advice. And some maybe as a son talking to their mom and dad advice. <laughs> you know, when we talk about healing, as I said, I believe it is absolutely part of the atonement. But we do things 
come on, sometimes that absolutely counteract any miracle that we would get. You know, a lot of people are looking for miracles. And if you've been a part of this church for any length of time or have known me for any amount of time, you probably would know that I love to be balanced in terms of spiritual and practical. In fact, I probably lean practical and need to be a little more spiritual sometimes, uh, you know. But, you know, last year we had a series on finances. And I think there was a lot of practicality in that series on biblical finances. It wasn't just about, you know, saying money cometh to me now and debt be gone. It was about what do we do, right, in our everyday life to set that up because God has given us some practical things and practical steps to follow. It's the same thing with our health. It's the same thing with our bodies. You know, when we, uh, you know, eat pizza on Monday and fried chicken on Tuesday and ice cream for dinner on Wednesday and, you know, whatever it may be, and then Saturday's our healthy day, well, we're out of balance. <laughs> you know, and, and, and I don't believe that there's, you can't eat ice cream or you can't eat pizza. Absolutely, we can do those things. It's not an indictment against the foods that we eat, but it's an indictment against our mindfulness. Our mindfulness of how we abuse ourselves. And so I don't know that it does much good for you to come to the elders or you, you to go to someone or go to your pastor for him or her to lay hands on you to, to pray for a miracle that you'd be healed if next week you're going to be back into the same thing because of what you've done. Not because of what the enemy's done, not because of what the world's done, but because of what we do, what we do to each other. And so I just want to encourage you that along with the miracles and along with the atonement, it's just like uh, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You ever heard that scripture? Right. And we are saved, but also we have to live. We have to work it out. Just because you're saved doesn't mean now I can just live my life any kind of way I want to. I can be mean to people and, you know, do all that. I can sin and do all these other kind of things because I'm already saved. Right. You work it out with fear and trembling. Well, let me just say to you, and I'm not adding words to Scripture. This is just Michael talking. Work out your health with fear and trembling. Come on, work it out with fear and trembling. But I believe it is part of the atonement. I believe that it is God's will for us to be healed. Now, listen, there are things that come upon us. There are diseases in the world because we're fallen mankind. So there's, you know, uh, cancer and diabetes and uh, coronavirus and uh, all these things that, that, that come upon us. And I believe that there are times when we absolutely need legitimate miracles from God to be healed. All I'm saying is, let us please do everything we can that God has told us be, by being obedient to him, all right, to make sure that we're in good health. <laughs> Uh, we, uh, you know, it, we shouldn't be praying for miracles when it's because of we, we ate sugar all week. We drank Coke all week and we ate key lime pie all week. And, you know, we did all these things all week. And all of a sudden now our, you know, A1C is 7.9, but it's because of what we've done. Now we need a miracle. All right. Let's 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 use the miracles for what they're meant for. <laughs> But I believe it is, I believe it is part, I believe it is part of the atonement. You know, your body is a temple. Let me just throw a couple of scriptures at you. Your body is a temple for the Holy Spirit and to glorify God, we are to glorify God in our body. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. Your body is a temple for the Holy Ghost. That's why it's important for you to keep your temple. Whether you eat or drink, 1 Corinthians 10, 31 says, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. 
whether you eat or drink, whatever you're doing, be mindful about what you're doing. Present your bodies. You know this one, Romans 12.1. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice. As a living sacrifice. The dead can't praise the Lord. Dead body can't praise the Lord. Present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Is your body acceptable to God? And then over in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 and 17 says, Do you not know, I love the King James, know ye not. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? Watch what he says. If anyone destroys God's temple, hmm, God will destroy him. I'm not making it up. If anyone will destroy God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy. And you are that temple. That's what the Bible says. That's how important it is for us to be mindful. Don't just be mindful about your salvation. Be mindful about life. Jesus said, I come. And this is not, listen, I'm not trying to uh, condemn you or even really convict you. That's the Holy Spirit's job is to do that. I'm trying to encourage you that there is more to the cross than just salvation, than just getting into heaven. Jesus said, I come that you might have life right now and that more abundantly in every area of your life. Don't just look. I I've been guilty of it. I've been guilty of looking at one area and really believing God and believing his word in one area, but all the other areas I say, well, that's, you know, I mean, he, that's, that's someone else. He wouldn't bless me in that way. No, he's God. He wants to bless us in every way, in every way. You know, so many people want a miracle, and, and so many people need wisdom to go along with that miracle, right? We need wisdom to go along with the miracle. Now, it's God's will for us to be healed. So, obviously, things come upon us. You know, there's cholesterol, there's, I mean, we could name a litany of things that come upon our body. Also, I remember a scripture where Paul talked about, uh, I'm not going to quote it exactly, but he talked about these old tents. You know, you're, you're in this tent, this, maybe this dusty frame, right? And uh, because we're, we're fallen man, listen, at one day the heart is going to stop beating. You know, the mind's going to stop thinking. It's, there's a natural thing to our body. All I'm saying to you this morning, don't, don't, don't be offended, please, by me if you have things going on. Because if you know my testimony or not, there have been all kinds of things that have attacked me over the years. Uh, some years ago, I had a, I had a seizure. <laughs> all right. And, uh, but, you know, with health, if I, as I've testified before, I always just glorify God. And, uh, you know, after this thing, they came and checked me out and they said, well, I don't know. And then they hooked all these things up to my head and, you know, to put me through all these tests that, you know, people who have had a seizure and maybe you have epilepsy and you have all these things and they couldn't find nothing. Ain't nothing up there. No, maybe I shouldn't say it there. But, yeah, <laughs> couldn't find anything really. I mean, the doctor said, well, uh, it, there looks like there could be something that maybe we might see. I said, yeah, you, you, you reaching. You're reaching for something, you know. There was nothing there, you know, stress. Heart attack. Went to the, went to the doctor, went to the emergency room. Guy pulled out the thing, said, well, yeah, you, you know, the, the, according to the chart, the EKG and the, I don't know what the, the liquid is, that, not the liquid, but the substance that your heart, um, you know, um, lets out when you're having a heart attack. And he said, yeah, according to all this, you're having a heart attack. But when I got to 
the cardiovascular surgeon and he went in and looked. He said, man, your heart looks like you've been working out. He said, your heart looks like you've been doing cardio. I said, well, I have been doing some cardio, not as much as I should, but, you know, I've been working out. He said, oh, yeah, you have a healthy heart. There's no blockages in there. There's nothing going on. What is it? Stress. I bring these things upon myself. Come on, all these things. You, I have to look in the mirror. I have to look in the mirror and say, you're bringing these things upon yourself. Okay, we're bringing these things upon ourselves sometimes. And we have to understand that it's God's will for us to be healed. It's God's will for us to be well. Acts chapter 10, starting at verse uh, 34, Peter's talking, and the Bible says this. says, then Peter opened his mouth and said, in truth, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation. Whoever fears him. I like some of these words that Paul's using, I mean, that Peter's using, because he says, in truth, I perceive that God shows, number one, no partiality. Number two, every nation. Number three, whoever. Okay? So just in case you didn't think it's for you, it's for you. Whoever, 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 that's what he says, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all, that word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. In case you're wondering what the anointing is, it means to be filled with the Spirit and God's purpose through his Spirit in you. It's not, it's not magic. That's the anointing, okay? It's not, a, it's not some weird word. We, we use it that way. He anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good, doing good, doing good and healing, doing good and healing, good healing. All, here's my word, all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. God was with him. Can I just tell you that it is God's will to heal you? It is God's will. Now, there's a lot that we can deal with that we don't have time to deal with this morning. And uh, maybe we will. Well, I don't even say maybe. We will at some point. But there's a lot for us to unpack and deal with because one of the things that we think is that, and, and not anyone in here, but sometimes Christians just feel like uh, a miracle is magic, and it, you could, it couldn't be further. You couldn't be further from the truth. Even the series, when I say speak to it, there's so much that goes along with it. That's why I can't just have one message in the speak to it series. We have to unpack everything that God is saying because we live a life. I come that you might have life, life. And have that more abundantly. So there's a lot that goes along with this. You know, we wonder, how come, you know, when this person, uh, you know, had cancer or that person had this sickness or that person had that and they didn't get healed, what do I do with that? What are, you know, what happens? How does that work? It doesn't work. Often we think just because someone didn't get healed that God doesn't want anyone to get healed. And you couldn't be further from the truth. We have to look at the whole package. Let me just start with some scriptures. Uh, number one, Matthew 9, 35. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in the synagogues, preaching 
the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. By the way, the Bible tells us very clearly in the book of James, is, are any of you sick? Then go to the elders and let them lay hands on you and anoint you and your sins will be forgiven. So God tells us about the laying on of hands. There is the laying on of hands. He tells us about prayer. But when I look at the life of Jesus, and that's what I'm preaching to you this morning, if we want to be like Jesus, when I look at the life of Jesus, I, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, never saw him pray for a sick person. Now, what am I saying? Are you not supposed to pray for the sick? I'm not saying that because the Bible obviously says that. But if we want to get to full maturity, like it says in Ephesians chapter 4, unto full stature, unto full stature. See, we go from glory to glory, folks. We haven't arrived, no matter how old you are. Even Brother Al, who's probably got 50 or 60, 70, 80 more years, even Sister Edna, who may have about 50 or 60 more years on this earth, we don't know. But they lived a long time, and they have not arrived. They'll tell you that themselves. You never arrive. We're going from glory to glory. So we always have more learning to do. There is always something to reach for in God. And so if we want to be like Jesus, we must look at what he did and strive for that. In the meantime, pray. Pray about everything. But still strive to live like Jesus because God wants us to know that there are certain things on this earth that you have authority over. By his word in you. You have authority over. So I never saw Jesus pray for the sick. You know what he did? He spoke to them. There was only one occasion. And again, please correct me if I'm wrong. These are just in my studies. There was only one occasion where he remotely laid hands. And that was when he spat on the ground and turned it into clay and rubbed it on a guy's eyes. Remember that? But then even after that, he told him to go. Go and wash. Go and wash. He spoke. He spoke a word to the people. In Mark chapter 2, verses 9 and 12, he says to all who are listening, which is easier to say to this paralytic, your sins are forgiven? Because that's what he said. The paralytic came to him and he said, your sins are forgiven. He said, what? Who, is, who does he think he is? He said, well, what's easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk? But that you may know that I am the, that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said, said to the paralytic, I say to you, Arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up his bed, went out of the presence of them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. Now, if you look at this particular instance, you'll see that Jesus said something, and the man did something. He said something, and there was corresponding action. He had a belief that Jesus could heal him. Jesus spoke a word. And then he got up and did what Jesus said, and that's how the healing came about. It wasn't just some magic thing from the sky. It, it, Jesus has a method. He has a method. And then it, it, there's a purpose for it all because it says, then they all glorify God. The purpose is that God would get the glory. It's not just for you to be healed, though God wants you to be healed. Of course he does. But it's, it's so that God will be glorified in it all. This is the purpose of healing. 
Remember the story of the lepers over in Luke 17, verses 12 to 16? It says, then as he entered a certain village, uh, there, there were men that met him, 10 men who were lepers, and they stood afar off, obviously, and they lifted up their voices, and they said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go, show yourself to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And so it was as they went. They obviously believed that he could heal because they came to him and said, Master, have mercy on us. So they obviously believed that he could do something for them. And then Jesus spoke a word, has to be the word of God, where sometimes we fall short as well. We just say any old thing. It has to be the word of God. What does the word say? Jesus spoke the word, and then they did. As they went, they were healed. As they went, they were cleansed. And then one of them came back and saw that he was healed. He returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And by the way, he was a Samaritan. He wasn't even a Jew. Come on. But he glorified God. And then the man, the blind man at the pool he, that's the one I was talking about. Jesus spat on the ground over in John chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. He made clay with his saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And then he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent, sent. And when he washed, when he washed, he came back seeing after he was obedient to what God told him to do. Just because someone doesn't get healed or even you didn't get healed on that particular time doesn't mean that God is not his will to heal you. But we have to live like he wants us to live. You remember the story of the Canaanite woman, the, the, the Gentile woman. She came to Jesus and her daughter was sick. You remember that? The Bible even says it uses the word sick and it also uses the word demon possessed. See, there are sicknesses that just come from the devil, and we just accept them. I mean, there's times when you're walking and you hit your leg, or you fall down, or you break your leg. I understand those things. Those things happen in life. We're fallen creatures. Things are going to happen. But there are these sicknesses that the devil brings upon us, or tries to put upon us, and we accept those just like we accept a broken leg or a stubbed toe or something else. No, we've got to be mindful, folks. If you're not mindful, you'll just float away. You'll float with any manner of doctrine. You'll just listen to what someone else is saying and just believe that instead of checking it out for yourself. One of my uh, favorite ones, one of the ones that I, I really had a revelation and it's just sticking with me. It really urged me to really read the Bible for myself. Some years ago, I would always grow up. I've said this before, and I would always hear people say, God won't put more on you than, he can, than you can bear. Right? You've heard me say that before. And then I, I realized that the scripture they got that from was in Corinthians, I believe, chapter 10, where it says, God won't allow you to be tempted more than you can bear. And if I really look at that, it's two different things. God will put more on you than you can bear. Read the Bible for yourself. He wants to be glorified. And the only way he's glorified is if you have more on you than you can bear and you rely on the Holy Spirit through you to do the thing and you say, I could not have done it without God. Yes, he puts more on you than you can bear. We need to just stop listening to what people say. Even me up here today. Read your Bible for yourself. Be a Berean. Read it for yourself. 
This Canaanite woman, she came, her daughter was sick, she was demon-possessed. The disciples said, send her away, Jesus, just send her away. And he said to her, uh, I'm only sent to Israel. I'm only sent to the lost sheep of Israel. You remember this story? And they had some dialogue, and they talked about the dogs and the scraps from the table and all of that. And, uh, and then he, he said to her, oh woman, great is your faith. And he said, let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour after Jesus spoke the word. There was the, the issue of the centurion's servant. And I could just go down through all of these. I'll do one more. The issue of the centurion's servant. Remember who came to Jesus. Now a centurion is a ruler, uh, you know, in the, an army ruler who is over 100, right? Centurion means 100. So he was over 100 men. He came to Jesus saying that his servant was at home paralyzed and being tormented. Jesus told him that he would come and he said, I'll come to your house and heal him. But the centurion servant, you remember the story, answered and said, no, no, no. Lord, I am not worthy that you would come under my roof. But only what? Speak the word and my servant will be healed. For I am a man who is under authority. I have the one that's over me and I'm also in authority. And when I tell someone to do it, they do it. Even my servant here, when I tell him to get something for me, he does. And Jesus said to the centurion, go your way. Don't stand here looking at me. Go. Go your way. And as you have believed, so let it be done. And his servant was healed that same hour after he went his way and listened to what Jesus was saying. We must be obedient to the word. It's not magic. And I think too many people are either preach or receive it as magic. It's some kind of magic. All I got to do is just speak it to get what I want in life. Yeah, God said he'll give you the desires of your heart, but it's God's will that be done. When Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he said, Lord, take this cup from me, but not my will, your will. We have to get that revelation. Yes, healing, but it's God's will that needs to be done in our life. And there are roadblocks that will stop us from being healed because it's not magic. In case I hadn't said it yet, I just want to let you know it's not magic. It's not magic. It's not a genie that we serve. This is God, the almighty God that wants a relationship with us and he wants the best for us. I don't know if we've ever said this scripture before, but Jesus said, I come that you might have life and that more abundantly, that more abundantly. But we have roadblocks. In addition to all the things that we do to ourselves by all the food we eat and never walking. I'm not telling you you have to go to the gym and be like the rock and, you know, do all of that. Just on a sunny day, if you're able to, just get out and walk. Walk around your house. Walk to the garden. Get up off the couch. Come on. We can do it, but we have roadblocks. One of the roadblocks is failing to submit to God. We don't submit and as much as it's God's will and desire to heal you, there are things in our life like unconfessed sin. I'm not telling you you'll never mess up in life or you'll never fall short. Obviously, that's what we're striving for. But I'm not telling you you'll never fall short. But when you have unconfessed sin in your life, in other words, you're being presumptuous. You're being presumptuous. You need to bring that to the Lord. That stops us. That hinders our healing. And we want God to do some miracle in our life. And we have unconfessed sin and we're or walking in disobedience. You know the right thing to do, but you're still not doing it. I'm just going to do what I want to do. That's a little thing we like to call disobedience. And it's, it's, it's rebellion, really. 
And if I, if I remember correctly, my mother-in-law used to quote a scripture all the time that said rebellion is a sin as witchcraft. Come on. Rebellion. And this simple unbelief. You can't go to the Lord if you're going to pray or if you're going to do what we're talking about. Speak to that thing. I speak to this heart disease in the name of Jesus. And I say, you have come to pass. It is God's will that I am healed by his stripes. I was healed. And I think he might do it if he feels like it, if he wants to. Well, you really don't believe. You're walking in unbelief. No, see it all the way through. See it all the way through. Also, unforgiveness toward others. Unforgiveness toward others is probably the number one thing. I can't say it's the number one, but it, I, it, I, I see it. Unforgiveness toward others will, will absolutely stop you from realizing healing in your own life. I, I, and, and listen, I, I know this is not a scripture in the Bible, but I just, I believe that unforgiveness toward others sometimes causes a lot of itises. You know, arthritis, bursitis, whatever itis you want to, because you want to know why I say that? I'm just talking practically now. Uh, you know, Paul did this a couple times. I'm just talking practically now because I think when you're stressed and when you, when you have unforgiveness and you're letting someone else offend you and your, your fists tighten up like this and I just wish I could punch him in the head, guess what? It's, it's, it's not hurting them because you're not punching them in the head. You're only, you're, you're only tensing yourself up and you're causing all kinds of things to happen in your own body. Come on, just forgive them. Let it go. I know it's, it's a played out saying, but let go and let God. Let go. These things will hinder your healing in many instances. What does James 4, 7 say? He said, submit to God. Number one, first submit to God, then resist the devil. But we want to pray at <laughs> this conversation. We want to pray and we want to bind the devil and cast him to, to the pit of hell and do all of those things. I, by the way, I've never seen that in the Bible either, but that's, that's another, that's for something else. God's going to do that at a certain time. But anyway, that's a whole nother message. But we want to do all those things and we're not even submitted to God. Submit to God first, then resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, <laughs> and God will purify your heart. He'll purify your heart. Come on. Failure to pray in faith is an obstacle. You know, Mark eleven twenty four. 24, listen to it in the Amplified. This is when Jesus said to speak. He never said to pray about the mountain, by the way. And, it, you know, the Bible tells us to pray. First Thessalonians, I think 517, Paul said, pray without ceasing. So we are to pray. Don't think that I'm telling you not to pray. We are absolutely to pray. But when it comes to obstacles and when it comes to sickness and these things, Jesus said, listen, that mountain, speak to it. Speak to it. Verse 24 in the Amplified, he said, for this reason, I'm telling you, whatever things you ask for in prayer in accordance with God's will, believe with confident trust that you have received them and they will be given to you. And so when you don't pray in faith, these things hinder us no matter what we speak. And the problem sometimes is that we think just because it doesn't work that it wasn't God's will. No. Sometimes when it does not work, well, actually every time if God says a word, if God says something, when it doesn't work, we have to look in the mirror. It's on us. It's on us. So then the question becomes, what are you believing about your own health? Because today we're talking about sickness and healing. What are you believing about your own health? Both confession and action work hand in hand together. 
Both what you say and what you do reveal what you believe. In most of these cases, you'll find Jesus absolutely spoke his word. He spoke the word. And there, were, there was also corresponding action that went along with that word that he spoke. In, in Mark 2 that we just read, the paralytic man, he said, arise and go go. And he did. The ten lepers, he said, go show yourself to the priest. The blind man, he said, go wash in the pool. The centurion, he said, go your way and your servant will be healed. We have to understand that we have to obey God's word and do what he says. And if we're, we can't come over here and ask for a miracle, and really this works in any area of your life, whether it's, we're, today we're talking about sickness and healing, but whether it's finances, whether it's a restoration of a relationship, salvation for your family, it doesn't matter what it is. If over here you're just doing what you want to do and you're not submitted to God, but over here you're expecting God to do a miracle, come on, they don't line up. God's saying, I know, I'm, I'm here, I'm in the room. You ever heard that where somebody's talking about somebody as if they aren't here? You know, if I just came over here and started talking to Carla, you know, Carla Dietra, uh, you know, uh, she needs to do a little bit better in school. And uh, I wish she would talk to me a little bit more. I'm in the room. I'm right here. Sometimes that's what God says to us. I'm here. I'm in the room. Talk to me. I can see what you're doing. I see you want a miracle over here, but I also see over here. Come on, you're not even submitting. You're not even confessing your sin. I'm not, I'm not, I didn't even say you had to be perfect, but you're not even talking to me about it. You're not even thankful. You're not even grateful. You're not forgiving others. You're not doing these things. And over here, you want me to do a miracle in your life. So let's not say God, it's not God's will to heal. It is his will to heal. He does want us to be whole. But we have to live a life worthy of our calling. And really, we, you, when you hear those words, you might think, boy, I don't know if I can live up to that. Yes, you can. You absolutely can. God would not say it if you couldn't live up to it. Because it's not about what you do. It's not about your performance. Don't think of it that way. It's just about submitting to God and allowing the Holy Spirit to work through you. That's what it's about. So why is it that what you speak is, is, is so important, especially about your health and your healing? Why is it so important? Here's what we have to remember. Remember Proverbs 6.2, and I'm going to remind you of this throughout this whole series. Remember Proverbs 6.2 as we finish up here. The Bible says, you are snared by the words of your mouth. And we do it. I, and I know I'm looking in the mirror, so don't think I'm condemning you. You are snared by the words of your mouth. What you said absolutely came true, whether it was blessing or whether it was a curse. My father was an alcoholic. I'll just probably be an alcoholic. Well, guess what? Yes, you will. Thank you for the prophecy. You just prophesied. What are you believing about your health? We know Proverbs 18, 21. Do I have to remind you? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. We are going to believe God. I'm going to say from today forward, I believe God when he says that I, Yahweh, Rofika, 
<laughs> Come on. Arofe, the God that heals you in Exodus 15. I'm going to believe him when he says that. I believe God when he shows, he says, I show no partiality and healing is for me. I'm going to believe that healing is for me. I believe God when he says through Peter, by his stripes, we were healed, that he's done the work already. I believe God when he says that. I'm going to believe God when he says, I will restore you to health and heal your wounds in Jeremiah 30, 17. I believe God when he says uh, in, that his words are health to my flesh. Your words, oh God, are health to my flesh. I believe him when he says that. I believe God when he said that the son of righteousness shall arise with healing in its wings. Some days you just need to get up in the morning and go out and get in the sun. Come on, I know you're hurting sometimes, and you just need to go out and take in the sun sometimes. Come on. I believe God when it says that part of the good news of the kingdom is healing every disease and sickness over in Matthew chapter 9. I believe God when he says, I will take away sickness from among you back in Exodus chapter 23. I am going to believe him when he says that. You know, a great poet one time said, uh, and I believe this to be true. When someone tells you who they are, believe them. That, that's a, th those are some practical words for us. When someone tells you who they are, believe them. Well, you know what? I, I can even apply that to God. When someone tells you who they are, believe them. God told me who he was. Guess what? I am going to believe him. I am going to believe what he says. And if I'm going to believe him, that means I have to live a life worthy of my calling. Let's not forget about that. So in a moment here when we pray, and we're going to pray for healing. We're going to come against sickness and disease in your life. Just remember that it's not a magic trick. It, a miracle is not a magic trick. Come on, it's not a magic trick. It's us saying, Lord, I submit to you. I receive your healing in Jesus' name, and I receive everything that comes along with it. I submit to you in every area of my life because God just doesn't want to heal you. Here's a revelation, uh, and look, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to close this so you know that I'm, I'm finishing up. All right, here's a revelation that I got about God. God is not a just, I, God is not a God of healing. He's not a God of deliverance. He's not a God of anything. We have to get the revelation that he's just God. All those things are included. I, th I think that's what he was trying to get us to see when he, uh, Jesus gave this big oratory, all this teaching in Matthew chapter 6, all the way down. And then when he got to verse 33, you know it very well. But, all these things, then he said, but... Just seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things shall be added unto you. In other words, all we have to do is focus on God and all these other things will be added unto us. That's what we have to realize. So understand this morning, healing is for you.